Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Beck Dustin, or Tech953, or Hiroto ATK, or Darkin, or occasionally Morazura. Just bring up a little bit of commentary for my very first anchor radio show or podcast, which I still have not made a title for yet, but I figured having this kind of introduction would be a fun way to introduce new listeners and, of course, new users to the idea of stream of thought process in the art form of podcast making. I'm going to be doing this while typing in addition to talking. So just be prepared, and if it's a bit loud, I'll do an edit. But as far as this stream of thought process is going, I want to say that the commentary I'll bring up will be worth the wait. So first thing I'd like to really think about right now is the fact that I'm writing notes. It's not really like something that you think about, but it's definitely something that is unusual nowadays, given the fact that a lot of people feel like the way we are going isn't actually in our best interests. Anyone and their mother can tell you about the student bodies right now, how uh, a lot of them really don't get the point, and then talking about the fact that they're actively coercing the Zoom system into not thinking they're there, but the fact that they are there at the same time, the fact that they're dodging assignments, some of them are just ca causing all sorts of, of internal social scandals about the idea of college. And you know what? I don't really blame them, but at the same time, I feel like we need to go into more detail about this so we can truly appreciate exactly why it's kind of one of those dual blade swords that cuts both ways. The reason why, okay, okay, so stream of thought process has a, has a first idea. I'm going to call this a common sense gentleman writes notes while talking shit about anyone and everyone who lives a ignorant conservative lifestyle or an ignorant liberal lifestyle in the corner of their house, or in the corner of some sort of back-ass alley, talking shit about anything and everything, without realizing that they themselves are just a virus that is very similar to what we're going through right now in the heart of New York City. And and just, just to put it out there, if you're talking shit about people actively going through a disease right now because you say they have it coming, I want to be very direct right now. Flint, Michigan still exists. And I hate to bring it up like that, because, yeah, it's pretty much like pity casting. It's an actual place that has no water, many children, and, of course, probably very limited medical supplies. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have any air filters whatsoever. And they have active capitalist mechanism there, which means you have people working in extremely hazardous conditions, most likely. And without any sort of safety gear, potentially. The only thing I'd really compare that to, and I hate to put it that way, is um, the Industrial Revolution in Britain, in which they were so concerned about progression that they were like, eh, fuck that shit. We don't need to worry about it. 
Meanwhile, people are actively making commentary the whole time. Well, uh, what happens when the children start growing up and then they make more children that just want to kill themselves? Uh, don't worry about it. We'll just we'll just keep doing it. You know, they won't give a shit. Meanwhile, yeah, it got really bad. And to put it in simple terms. And I, I gotta admit, if you can't make an accurate connection between those people and, and the current child, children and, and the suicide rates amongst them, then I don't know what you can do. So, yeah, the idea of this radio show is I really wanted to create an idea that there was a person out there who was working actively on doing something important for the world while at the same time just kind of like talking to themselves over and over again about the true nature of what our planet's about and then accepting obviously more commentary so that the entire context can move forward reasonably and objectively. The funniest part about all of this that this is actually something that some people would say is unprofessionally sown. I can already feel the pressure. People going, you're just going to talk out loud. It's not going to be any significant structure to it. Out of nowhere, you can just go, hey, like, yeah, this is, this is just, this is kind of stupid and just move on. Well, yeah, but doesn't that make it more relaxing, almost like an ASMR for the audience involved? It's like they could just listen to someone drone on over and over again, and then when the person says something that might not be all the way factually correct, or if it's kind of there but not really, you can expound upon it and then bring up the conversation to your friends. And then this becomes more of a parody to, to maybe news or to anything, really. Because everything nowadays literally says it's the, the one and only. When we all really are that aware about the fact that there is a lot of exposition into the unknown without any factual backing, that happens every day. And I'll give you just one plain example, just because it's a little bit of an issue right now, is the actual statistics involving coronavirus outbreaks. The funniest part about all of this is I think the reason why, <laughs> sorry, there's a lot of, um, a lot of dust in this room. The reason why I think it's like this is because a lot of people actively don't go and put air filters on and then they're like, well, you know, I just don't give a shit because I'm a strong person. And I'm like, you know, there's other people out there who are like might die because of you. Right. And that person's just that much of a dick that they don't give a fuck. And I'm like, you know what's the funniest part about all of this? The funniest part about all of this is the news is catering to your idiocy. That's the funniest part. That means we've gotten to such a point in our nation that when a person actively does something that's against authority, that is a danger to other people, they're actively accoladed for it. And then the society will compensate for that level of insubordination by making a talk show actually cater to their reality. And I said, you know, that's capitalism in a, in, a, in a nutshell. But like, isn't the other part about capitalism having common sense and decency being a part of the part of the, the self-regulation? So when someone does something stupid like that, we could all get on that kind of level, look at them in the eyes and say, you know, we kind of would rather you just jump into a ditch and lie there until worms eat your soul or some stupid shit. I don't know. 
Christians are funny. They'll make some great curse, death curse commentary, and then they'll completely ignore people actually doing stupid shit who are like casually a part of the system. And if that's not actively a proponent for white supremacy, I don't know what is. I mean, seriously, they burn crosses for a living. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just super cash Catholics and fucking Baptists who are just like, eh, I don't want to go to church every day. Let's just go to a random house in the middle of the woods and burn a Christ. They burn a fucking cross occasionally to make commentary about the fact that my daddy was nice to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry that you had to compensate for that by killing off African Americans. Go play a video game or something. There's this really great one. It's called Far Cry uh, New Dawn, I think. The, the one where they're killing off all the fucking religious people. Just play that for like two seconds and then you get really, like, really into it because you start talking to the enemies and you're like, oh my god, I can have a power fantasy over my own terrorist plot. <laughs> it would probably make them a little bit more manageable. So on the, on the note of video games, by the way, I just wanted to bring up the fact that A, video games are fun as fuck. And also that video games are actively a metaphor that if you engage in poorly, you get actually sequestered into your own torture. And this is a shout out to League of Legends players. If you're a Yasuo main and you're fat as shit and you don't know what the fuck you're about and you just like going up and dashing people over and over again, I'm going to be very fucking honest. You're not going to be able to do shit. And everyone's gonna look at you and go, did you just yass and then go, oh? Because, um, yeah, that's like super gay. And oh God, he just went homophobic. Oh God, he also just regretted doing that entire video game section. Jesus Christ, why are you even playing Yasuo? Who knows? The point here is you got to take care of yourself. And if you're playing a character that's an active metaphor for a warrior, the worst thing you can do is to not take care of yourself because it just means you're not that warrior. Like, yeah, obviously the world doesn't need people to be super buff and, and crazy superhero body types running around and smacking people in the face when they do stupid stuff. But if you're not actively, like, training at all outside of playing video games, you're really just saying to yourself that you want to have that level of, like, depression later. And I think that's hilarious because a lot of people would say that, yeah, you know, the high suicide rates, children getting depressed, it's definitely because of the video games, right? That commentary makes sense. No. There's a huge amount of social pressure on gays, on the LGBT community overall, and they actively want to fucking kill themselves at all times because of it. Now, are they badass? Yes. Is it done in high art form? Most likely. A lot of the people that do it in low art form end up becoming kind of like following mud mud users and i mean we love them but like god damn it get like, get get take a shower get get yourself a new blog take some time off of facebook for god's sake like come on there's so much there's so many free certificate purpose uh, uh courses online you could be taking you, you could actually putting effort into art in some way rather than just perpetuating the idea of suicide as some sort of sanction activity that is done very deliberately in one single moment because you just say, ah, fuck it, rather than, you know, like smoking yourself to death and then being like, oh, wow, I prepared myself for lung tea and I can live through this now as a stronger person with an idea what death is like. I mean, that's, 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 that last idea is pretty on point. The, the, the second one is kind of just, I don't want to make these people feel like they're wrong, which is, is pretty much saying to all the other people, especially the children, that the moment they get into a hard place, the first way they should go is into the ground. And I mean, you're not a spelunker. You're not playing spelunky. 
You're you're playing a you're playing. What, what game is that? You're playing, uh, uh, God, Manuel Samuel, except you got a, a noose. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and, and for all the contractors out there, because you know the moment you make commentary on suicide, it always happens. I am an active participant in the LGBT, LGBT community in a very intimate fashion, and I don't have to tell you what it is because fuck you. I don't. I really don't. And the reason why is because, A... The moment I do so, people sequester you, and it's very irritating. And the second, and it happens to young children all the time. You got like younger women making art, and then they go, "Well, what's your sexuality?" And then the person will have to look and say, "I'm, I'm only gonna have to answer that because the moment I do, you then sexualize me in a specific way, and I don't want to be sexualized just yet." So they say, "I don't know yet," and then people do it really anyway. But like, at least when you create that kind of dissonance. That people have to pause for a second, especially like those douchey guys that sexualize 18 year old women, like with a fucking drop of the hat. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You're a horny asshole, but there's a reason why people are that hesitant now. And if we're going with the spectrum and the LGBT community involvement on my part, all I'll really say is that you can just say you're gay and you can also say that you're a gay rights advocate, which means Yes, you could defend the non-sexual bounds of, of gayness in a very easy light and make the other person look like a fucking loser in that fucking same situation. And I'm going to put this out there. I might edit it out, but I love swearing. It's my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite thing to do. And the reason why is because it makes everything that poignant when you need to make a point about how society truly is. You're making a different wavelength away from the politeness and the bullshit where they can just easily sequester you into some sort of stupid stereotype and become something more. I am a revolutionary in a sense, but you, you can claim that and not have to hyper-focus on it. And that is the best part about swearing is you don't actually get the hyper-focus on it. Swearing takes you out of that ego in a sense. You can't really swear and have an ego because it's not widely accepted as a form of expression. It's the best thing I've ever seen out of the English language. And what's really hilarious about this is that, yeah, I, I actually do like English, despite my obviously very intimate contractions with how it kind of slurs a little bit for me. I have I had speech disabilities when I was younger. Not too bad, but enough so that when I actually get more stressed out, it come out or it, sorry, it comes out and I have to kind of restate what I'm saying and sometimes people who just hear tone don't hear me and it's the funniest thing ever because we are living in a society now where every single word you say matters as a in, as a mental health counselor in training I will I will personally tell you that if you're actively not talking in a calm and collected voice and listening to a person's every inflection and tone you're just not doing it right and it's very ironic because there are some people who go into the industry who aren't actually for the LGBT community. Like you understand how many children out there have moments of intense dysphoria or they're just interacting with another guy when they're going through the onsets of puberty and they go, whoa, I like this guy, but in the way that is not in association with how society has been projecting me to be with a guy. And what's worse about this is it, it inevitably, 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 inevitably becomes about sex. 
And I love, I, I'm going to put this out there, just, just remember, I love sex. Sex is wonderful. Sex is that intimate practice that you can hone over time and, and have as that kind of surprise in love for the person, or in the case of polyamory, persons that you get involved with. It's wonderful. However, purposely putting sex in children's heads in a way that's kind of a requirement for them is the worst way you could ever hope to introduce someone to the world of the LGBT or the world of... I gotta be honest, this is going off a bit of a tangent, but I feel like saying LGBT and disincluding straight people is actually a little bit of of a dishonest attempt at sequestering. Because... In a sense, it means there's two sides. There's, it, maybe it should just be LGBT-S, but like a really small S to make it clear that it is a component of it, but it is not the defining feature of. And therefore, when it comes to talking about the movement, about being gay, and about sexuality, we can firmly state that everyone's on the same plateau. But going back to my previous point, yeah, having that kind of immediate association, regardless if you're gay or straight, is a tremendous social impact on that child's psychology in which they have to evaluate what the adult thinks sex is like, and then they see other adults who have varying degrees of damage on their face, or facial wear, or have like intense expressions, and they think, oh my god. Can you imagine being a young child and seeing a very angry man and having your mom say, well, that is what sex is like? It's terrifying. And you know what's even worse than that? Given the standards that that a lot of these other ethnic populations are treated to by the white population, that right there is a core of racism and a core of sexual discrimination. It's disgusting. If I was going to teach my child about sex, the first thing I would do is not do anything. I would let them investigate for a bit. And then I would do I would I would make a presentation. I would do a prezi or something. Which I go, well, like it's getting to be about that time. And the kid would go, Oh wow, you're gonna tell me new stuff? I'm like, yes, yeah, so like what kind of porn were you actually watching? Cause like I haven't seen you for like three months or something. <laughs> And it's funny is, is yeah, like a lot of people would see that comment as extremely crass and they would immediately say that that is a very poor way to approach talking to your child about sex. But let's be very honest. If you immediately associate extreme graphic violence in the way you talk about that kind of world, when you bring your child into that conversation, all you're really saying is you're, you're going that far to assert yourself as the dominant person to know about sex. And I want to be like very honest here, you're not. You made your child. That doesn't mean your child is perfect and it doesn't mean you're perfect. That means you have the ability to put a penis in a vagina or a syringe in a vagina or however they make test tube babies. I don't know, something, something. But it's very ironic. People actively create that kind of participatory environment in which they will just group up and say, well, we know what sex is about. And like, that's like philosophizing about life. You don't know what life is about. You just have a specific perspective on life. The best way to do this is to not be a fucking dick. Ego is the poison of society. And ego 
is the one thing that will forever hold parents back from sex ed talks and what will forever hold schools back from being relevant. It is ridiculous that we have abstinence-only education and that is literally the standard, the bottom barrel standard for getting our society comfortable about how children are brought into the world of sex. I'm like, why don't we have um, a higher form of sex culture involved? I guess we're just too cowardly as a fucking social system to actually show any sort of emotional intimacy that would imply gentle lovemaking. Lovemaking. Seriously, though, where is the idea of lovemaking being brought into the minds of children at a young age? It's maybe implied. I'd say maybe, maybe implied. Parents argue. But, like, I can see a parent doing some casual intimacy, hugging, kissing that isn't so much a demonstration of potential violence that would reassure the child that that sort of action could be done very well. But, like, this is an example. Why is the Karma Sutra not in our, our school's sex ed system? You could easily look at this and say, this is an ancient art form that was created by a very ornate culture that's extremely ironically ignored by our entire society, if you haven't noticed. Yes, white women like yoga. Do they do they make it really white? Yes, they make it very white. It's it's a it's a debasement of society. We have children out there who would actually just get freaking pregnant. They would lower their standards on intimacy simply because no one gives them any firm education on what intimacy is about. And I'm not talking about like dedication or loyalty. Those are all pretty well endowed by our religious worship and other formats within our society involving jobs and and, and, the, and the meme culture around relationships, which I'm going to go into in a second because that's some high level sex ed right there. You see nothing in the formal structures of sex ed about love. You don't have a, if you picture sex ed, you don't think of a person going up there and like role modeling, like, hey, this is about caring about other people in the end. Love has many forms and sex is a component of all of them. And when you do it right, you can have that potent of a bond with a person to a point where you're willing to fight and die alongside them in any situation. Instead, what you actually picture is some fucking fat ass who was paid like maybe like a little bit of money to do it extra on the side while they you know teach history or something, going up and going, well, yeah, you could be doing it, but like you could get pregnant. And that's like kind of a gross parody, but like if we're going realistic, like super realistic, they do it like a freaking half-assed scientist who doesn't actually have a, a, a degree or any sort of actual long-term training in the science behind it, going in and literally just doing slideshows about genitalia and then talking about STDs. And I'm just sitting there like, don't you want to go into the cultures around lovemaking? When you think about the cultures of lovemaking, 
And then you talk about what the cultures did to supervise and maintain that at a higher degree of, of, of potency, like from a financial standpoint, you get the kids thinking about their future. And that's why it's a, that's why our country is a gross parody now, because we are so dissonant from the actual context of why humans are alive that will actually create schools that are dedicated to simply putting out children that are so uneducated that when they come across a sex environment, they are essentially just sex slaves in the making to any mechanism that is any sort of culture around seduction. Why, why is seduction not talked about? That's, that's my main thing. You're like setting children up to get a firm life lesson. And, and that's like hilarious because you're a school. Shouldn't you actually go, you know, an ancient renaissance, which is a reoccurring pattern that defined human culture. There were people that would do so much to give that much of an expression of self to the per person that they wanted to marry. To a point in which sometimes they were assholes because they were just like, oh, you became a world famous artist just, just to marry me? And then like some other person would go, well, like, he didn't do it for you. He did it because the impact you had on him. And like, don't you want to just like be thankful he made something that was that positive? And I mean, if you're talking about ancient times, I mean, that, that, that can get pretty, pretty easy, easily uh, cast. It's the cascading effect. It makes this kind of requirement, and I mean that's that's definitely been an issue for women for a long time. Let's let's be honest. But I mean, right when it was done well, when it was done alongside an existing aesthetic that was being collaborated upon with the other person. Like if the other person was engaging in the art form of, let me think for a second. Let me, let me, here's an elaborate scenario, just off the top of my head, two gardeners and they just end up planting specific kinds of plants because they feel like doing it individually away from the requirement of procreation that happen to just make the right smells to drag them closer to each other. And then one day these two gardeners look at each other and they go, Zing or whatever the yeah I just stamp my fingers but it'd be more like a it's you can't conceptualize it it's a specific universe with one specific kind of stimulus with one specific kind of brain chemistry combining into one with two people who would most likely grow old together and become immortalized in the conceptualization of gardening society. What's ironic about this? Is that no one actually thinks about it like that. I mean, it's implied, certainly. But as far as seduction, collaboration of species goes, even Disney does a half-assed attempt at trying to do it. That's why there's more, I, I want to say, that's why there's more of a focus on, on the princesses being independent now. Because they'd be like, well, would you just travel that far to get that one person who's sleeping in a castle, kind of, because she might wake up one day? Yeah, maybe that's a bad example. But like, 
there's a reoccurring growth theme around the princess not being in a state of being tracked over and over again. And the prince is just kind of this simplistic dumbass who's like having to confront the fact that he himself doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. And I go, compare that kind of love story that people fetish over and over again to the kind of environment I just described. That is the difference between engineering love for the sake of growth and having it happen spontaneously alongside nature for the growth of an actual system that is actually substantial. Nature. And if you have a problem with me saying that, I would like to point out that you have a physical body and that physical body came from nature. And if you don't actually think it did, I'd like to casually inform you that you're dumb as shit. Pigs have the exact same alignment, almost as if nature made a test tube example for us to compare to of our own internal organ set. And if you're really that butthurt about it, there's a um, there's a like a kind of kiln or a, a cauldra or a, a stasis pod, if you will, up in the North Pole that's got an entire arrangement of bacterium. But like they're not bacterium because I like to point out they are of a genetic strain that's completely independent to ours. Like at any moment, isn't 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 that like melting? Yes, it's melting right now. At any moment could reintegrate with our biological system. That is how fragile your disbelief is. Anyway, my we're about to end up here. I can only do like 30 minutes. So I am that happy to create this intro episode as conversations. I don't remember. I'm going to re-listen to it. But but the, the actual title I created earlier, and I'm looking forward to putting it in, and I'm looking forward, most of all, to talking to all of you at a later point. I love y'all. Stay safe out there. And remember...